Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapter 38 O blessed Sadguru Sai, we bow to you, who has given happiness to the whole world, provided for the welfare of the devotees, and removed the afflictions of those who have taken refuge in your feet. As a protector and savior of bhaktas who surrender themselves to you, you have incarnated in this world to bless and help the people. The liquid essence of the pure self was poured into the mold of Brahman, and out of this has come the crest jewel of the saints, Sai. Sai is Atmaram himself. He is the abode of perfect divine bliss. Having attained mastery of this life and being detached and without desire, Sai makes his devotees free and desireless. Baba's Cooking Pot Different sadhanas are prescribed in the scriptures for different ages. Austerities is recommended for the Krita age, knowledge for the Treta age, sacrifice for the Dwarapa age, and charity for the Kali age. Of all the charities, giving food is the best one. We are very disturbed when we do not get food at noon. Other beings feel the same way under these circumstances. Knowing this, he who gives food to the poor and hungry is the best donor or charitable person. The Taitariya Upanishad says, Food is Brahma. From food all creatures are born, and having been born, by food they live. Then, having departed, into food again they enter. When an uninvited guest comes to our door at noon, it is our duty to welcome him by giving him food. Other kinds of charities, like giving away wealth, property, and clothes, require some discrimination. But in the matter of food, no such consideration is necessary. Let anyone who comes to the door at noon be served immediately. If lame, crippled, blind, or diseased indigents come, they should be fed first, and then the able-bodied persons and relations afterwards. The merit of feeding the former is much greater than that of feeding the latter. Other kinds of charity are imperfect, but anadana, giving food, is the most meritorious. Now let us see how Baba prepared and distributed food. It has been stated in previous chapters that Baba required very little food for himself, 
and that which he needed was obtained by begging from a few houses. However, when Baba distributed food to everyone, he made all the preparations from the beginning to end by himself. He depended on no one and troubled none in this matter. First he would go to the bazaar and buy all the ingredients, such as corn, flour, and spices needed for cooking, paying cash. Then in the open courtyard of the masjid, he would build a big hearth, and after lighting a fire underneath, he would place a cooking pot over it, containing the proper measure of water. There were two cooking pots. The small one could hold enough to feed and provide food for 50 people, and the large cooking pot could provide enough for 100 people. Sometimes Baba cooked sweet rice, and at other times pulao with meat. Frequently, when boiling soup, he added small balls of wheat flour. He did all the grinding himself. Baba would also pound spices on a stone slab and then put the thin pulverized spices into the cooking pot. He took great pains to make the dishes very tasty. He prepared ambil by boiling flour and water and mixing it with buttermilk. He would then distribute this ambil along with other foods to everyone. Baba had his own unusual method of checking to see if the food was properly cooked or not. He would roll up the sleeve of his kafni and put his bare arm directly into the boiling cauldron without the least fear and churn the whole mass from side to side and up and down. There was never any burn mark resulting from this method, nor did Baba ever show any fear or pain. When the cooking was over, Baba brought pots from the masjid and had them blessed by the Muslim priest. First, Baba sent part of the food as prasad to Malsapati and Tatya. Then he served the remaining contents with his own hand to all the poor and helpless people allowing them to have their fill. Blessed and fortunate indeed are those people who receive food prepared by Baba and who were served by him as well. Some may have a doubt here and ask, did Baba distribute both vegetarian and non-vegetarian food as prasad? The answer is simple. Those who were accustomed to eat non-vegetarian food were given such food from the cooking pot as prasad, while those who were not accustomed were not allowed to touch it and were given vegetarian food. Baba never created any wish or desire in them to indulge in this food. There is a well-established principle that when a guru gives anything as prasad, the disciple who thinks and doubts whether it is acceptable or not experiences negative consequences. In order to see how a disciple had absorbed this principle, Baba sometimes gave tests. For instance, on an Ekadasi day, 
Baba gave some rupees to Dada Kalkar and asked him to go in person to Korala to buy some mutton. Dada Kalkar was an orthodox Brahmin and followed all orthodox practices in his life. He knew that offering wealth, grain, and clothes to a sadguru was not enough because obedience and prompt compliance with his order was the real dakshina that pleased him the most. In view of this, Dada Kalkar dressed and started out for Korala to get the mutton. As he started to leave, Baba called him back and said, Don't go yourself, but send someone else. Dada Kalkar then sent his servant Pandu for the purpose. Then seeing Dada Kalkar's servant starting to leave, Baba canceled his request, asking Dada to call him back. On another occasion, Baba asked Dada to see if the salty pulao with mutton was done. Dada replied casually that it was. Baba then said to him, Neither have you seen it with your eyes nor tasted it with your tongue, so how can you say it was good? Just take the lid off the pot and have a look. Saying this, Baba caught Dada's arm and thrust it into the pot and added, Take some out of this and put it in a dish. Let go of your orthodoxy without getting angry. When a wave of love rises in a mother's mind, she pinches her child, and when he begins to cry, hugs him close to her bosom. Baba, in a true motherly way, pinched Dada in this way. Baba's ways were inscrutable, for in reality, he would never force his orthodox disciple to eat forbidden food and defile himself. The cooking went on for some time until 1910, at which time it stopped. As stated previously, Das Ganu, through his kirtans, spread Baba's fame far and wide in the Mumbai area, and people from that part of the country began to flock to Shirdi. Shirdi then became a holy place of pilgrimage, The devotees brought various articles and dishes of food to present and offer as naivedia. There was such an abundance of naivedia offered by them that fakirs and paupers could eat their fill and there was still some surplus left. Before stating how naivedia was distributed, we shall refer to Nana Sahib's story describing Baba's regard and respect local shrines and deities. Disrespect of a Shrine People could only draw inferences or guess as to whether Sai Baba was a Brahmin or a Muslim. He actually belonged to no caste. No one knew definitely when he was born, what community he was from or who his parents were, then how could he be a Muslim or a Brahmin? If he were a Muslim, 
Why did he keep a Duni fire ever burning in the Masjid? Why was there a Tulsi Vrindavan? Why did he allow the blowing of conches and ringing of bells and playing of musical instruments? If he were Muslim, how could he have allowed the different forms of Hindu worship? Moreover, how could he have pierced ears and how could he have spent money from his pocket to repair Hindu temples? Furthermore, Baba never tolerated the slightest disrespect to Hindu shrines and deities. Once, Nana Sahib came to Shirdi with his brother-in-law, Mr. Biniwali. They went to the masjid and sat before Baba, and while they were conversing, Baba suddenly became angry with Nana Sahib and said, You have been with me for such a long time. How could you behave like this? At first, Nana Sahib did not understand what Baba meant, so he humbly requested him to explain. Baba then asked him what he did when he arrived in Kobogon and afterward, how he traveled to Shirdi from there. Nana Sahib at once realized his mistake. Nana Sahib's brother-in-law, Mr. Biniwali, Adata Bhakta, usually worshipped at the shrine of Data on the banks of the Godavari on his way to Shirdi. But this time Nana Sahib dissuaded his brother-in-law from going to the shrine so as to avoid delay, allowing them to come directly to Shirdi. Nana Sahib confessed all this to Baba and then went on to tell him that while bathing in the Godavari, a big thorn went into his foot and gave him quite a bit of trouble. Baba pointed out to Nana Sahib that the thorn was a slight punishment for his disregard of the Data shrine and warned him to be more careful in the future. Now we come to the description of the distribution of Naivedia. Feeding the Devotees After the arti was over and Baba had sent all the people away with Udi and blessings, he went inside the masjid and sat behind a curtain with his back to the nimbar for meals. A row of bhaktas sat on each side of Baba. The bhaktas brought the naivedia dishes containing a variety of food, such as puris, polis, sansa and rice, inside the masjid, where Baba had sat down to partake of his meal. They hoped to receive prasad from Baba that had been consecrated by his touch. All the dishes of food received were mixed together in one and placed before Baba. He offered it to God and blessed it. Portions of it were then given to the devotees who were waiting outside and the rest were served inside to the two rows of bhaktas, with Baba seated at their center. Everyone ate as much as they wanted of the blessed food. Every day, Baba would ask Shama and Nana Saheb to serve the blessed food to all the people sitting inside the masjid 
and to look after their individual needs and comforts. They did this task very willingly and carefully, so every morsel of the food partaken provided nutrition and satisfaction. Such sweet and blessed food it was, ever auspicious and ever holy. The Last Cup of Buttermilk Once, when Hamad Pant had just eaten his fill in the masjid, Baba offered him a cup of buttermilk. Its white appearance pleased him, but he was afraid there was no space inside his stomach for it. He did, however, take a sip, which proved very tasty. Seeing his faltering attitude, Baba said, Drink it all. Drink it all. You won't get another such opportunity again. Mod Pont drank the entire cup of buttermilk and later found Baba's words were prophetic as he passed away soon after. Now, readers, we certainly have Hamad Pant to thank because he not only drank the cup of buttermilk, but he has supplied us with an abundance of nectar in the form of Baba's leelas. Let us drink cups and cups of this nectar and be satisfied and happy. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapinaconda.org.